Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting, I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lentz here with me. If you missed our last episode on the quarterbacks, we are doing a series of shorter episodes, kind of running through all the different position groups, looking at the biggest strengths, the weaknesses, position battles, biggest question marks, and then making um, some predictions for the 2021 season. So hopefully you guys like them. You know, you can go binge them wherever you get your podcasts. They're, they're pretty digestible. Maybe it's, maybe you might listen to the whole thing in your work commute or, you know, while you mow the lawn or, or whenever you listen to your podcast. So uh, this, this episode is going to look at the running backs room. Steve, I think the the depth chart at running back is kind of irrelevant. Um, I mean, I could not tell you who started which game over the past three seasons. It just, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's, they're, they're going to, give the ball to the players who are doing well. Uh, I think there's something to be said for the hierarchy. And in which case I would say that it is Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards for now. And if things change then things change. So not too much to say about depth chart. I, I do think it will be an interesting battle just because there's some overlap in their roles. Blake Corum versus Donovan Edwards, two very, talented recruits we'll talk about the strengths of the group in just a moment but any any thoughts on the significance or or kind of the quasi battle between Corum and Edwards just because they both can catch passes they both have a lot of breakaway speed I think they're both um, you know stature wise able to run between the tackles as well any any thoughts on the on the quote-unquote battle between the two well, we know both are going to play. Uh, both Harbaugh and right. Gaddis have said that Donovan Edwards will play week one, right? So there is some kind of jockeying for carries uh, in that regard, you know. And and I don't know, man. I mean, the thing that I can't – like the thing I always keep in mind when talking about Edwards now is just coming in to spring ball, just how – much more explodes just he just looked different uh when West Bloomfield won the state championship that five or six week stretch at the end of their season into the playoffs uh he looked like a five-star running back uh he looked like the best running back Michigan's recruited in years honestly uh just looked like a total stud you know and I think but then on the flip side the one other thing and this will be maybe one of the things I'm most interested to learn 
is, you know, the ball security was the big issue too. And I don't think it plagued him during that playoff run, right? Maybe it been, might've been something he worked on during the high school season. Maybe it started to subside a little bit. I know it was a concern of Michigan's a little bit when they were recruiting him. Uh, not so much like they weren't going to recruit him, but like, you know, here's a five-star level guy to us. I think the one thing he needs to work on is his ball security. So if he's got, if he's kind of smoothed that stuff out, he has all the tools to be a guy to make a year one impact, right? Um, kind of the second year in a row, it feels like Michigan has an embarrassment of riches at the position, even with, you know, you're thinking like Zach Charbonnet left and he's probably going to start for UCLA this season, um, you know, and you have a second freshman that enrolled early that came in and Tavier Dunlap, who I'm also still really, really high on, you know, I assume he's fourth in that pecking order, but he's a guy I think fans should still be excited about. I think he's definitely going to make an impact at Michigan at some point. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I say this, if Edwards overtakes Corum for that second spot or even more, uh, it'll say a lot about him because they love Blake Corum too. Uh, we talked about what we always talk about with Corum. He got the, you know, he got the ball in the first play of the year last mm-hmm. year as a true freshman. If that's not an indication how much they love him, I don't know what is. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, I, I don't know. I almost don't know how, you know, they tried the four deal, four back deal last year. I think with three, it's a lot more manageable. And I, I don't really think yeah. Michigan can kind of, I don't think you can mess that up, honestly. I, I, there's got to be, you know, unless you, you go with the hot hand or however you decide to divvy it up, you know, I, I think Michigan's in a, in a really strong position there, depth wise at the top three for sure. Yeah, I, I actually think so too. I think. We've talked about it a few times, so we won't necessarily have to rehash it. But I think not just the strength of the running back room, but I think I think the strength of the, the team is their depth and versatility in the running backs room. And, and real quick on Edwards, I mean, this wasn't five-star recruit does really well in high school football playoffs. I mean, he was he called the NCAA to get permission to continue playing in the state title because it was going into – into late January and he was supposed to be enrolled at Michigan. And so, um, you know, this was something he, he chose to do. It was important to him. And at least a couple of those games were outside, you know, in the, in the Michigan winter. So, um, you know, I, th- I think if you're a fan, that's got to fire you up. That He's like wanting to play for a title in the cold winter, uh, you know, and not, not making excuses, not hightailing it to Michigan you know, not, not just trying to get in the, in the college life right away. I mean, he wanted, he wanted to leave with a title and, and he did. So, um, no credit to him for that. I, I agree with you. I mean, you watch some of those games. It's like, Oh, Oh, this is, this is someone who's going to play right now. And so, yeah, I'm curious about it, but I, I, I don't really have anything to add. Other than what you said, I think, I think it'll be, I think it will be three. I think three is, um, three's company four can be a crowd. You know, nothing against Tavier Dunlap, but in terms of the of the high leverage, meaningful drives of the season, you know, I almost wonder if they try to just looking at the scholarship situation, try to redshirt Dunlap. Big time. That's that's the point I was going to make. You have to like that's it's kind of the thing is like we've talked a lot about how well Michigan has recruited the running back position. But at the same time, Haskins, uh, Corum, Edwards and Dunlap are the only scholarship backs on the roster right now. Right. I think you have to redshirt one of them 
which is another reason why unless gonna, there's an injury, but right. Well, yeah, but, yes. The injury is notwithstanding, but you, you have to be smart in how you, you know, the roster management's a big part of this too. And, and, you know, you can't right now anyway, doesn't look like they can bank on bringing in a freshman next season who is going to be an immediate impact guy. So you really have to kind of be careful in how you approach it uh, from a one to four standpoint. If Ed Edwards is good enough, you got to play him. And, you, and using three backs, if done properly, should benefit all three of those guys. Uh, but yeah, with the fourth guy, you, yeah, I think I agree that I think it's you have to redshirt. Almost, you almost have to, uh, unless yep. you can't. Yep. Biggest strength of the group, in my opinion, is, well, the strength. I, I think this is a very strong running back room, like, like physically strong, you know, Hassan Haskins. We I think we talked about it earlier this month, averaged 4.5 yards after contact per carry last season and 3.5 the year before, if you need a bigger sample size, I mean, this is someone who, you know, he falls forward. He, he arm tackles aren't enough for him. Uh, sometimes regular tackles aren't enough for him. If, if you don't have the speed and momentum on your side. So, you know, he's really strong. He, he almost he's not a fullback, but he almost could play some of the roles that a fullback does and just in the sense of um, you know, he can get you tough yards. He can he he doesn't mind contact at all. In fact, sometimes he embraces it. And then I think Corum, he's only 200, 205 pounds, but he's five foot eight. So he's and if you go look at his workout videos or see, I mean, he is he's as rocked up as any player on the entire team. And, and so, yeah, he's, he's another guy I, I think is just going to be hard to bring down. And then Edwards, I think there's something to be said. Wait until he gets to college and see how he does against college defenses. But, but he's, he strikes me as someone who uh, also isn't going to shy away from contact. I think as a pass protector, I think technique is something that, that you know, he'll probably – that's what fall camp is for. But, but I think – if I'm looking at what this group collectively does well, because I think everyone does something a little different. Everyone brings something different to the table. But I, I do think I'd be really curious how the, you know, the bench presses, the squats, you know, I, I feel like this team or this running backs room, I should say, uh, just really has a lot of strength on their side. And Tavier Dunlap's 220 pounds too. So I imagine if he were in a game, he'd be, uh, at least this season, kind of similar to Hassan Haskins in the, in the same sense, you know, big bruising back. So, yeah, I think, I think the running back room's biggest strength is actually strength. What do you think it is, Steve? I'm going to go with talent, just like I did at quarterback, I guess. Uh, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, wait till the wide receiver episode. Uh, <laughs> no, because I think Haskins, it's clear now he was vastly underrated. As a recruit, you talk about his running style and like he could he could be a fullback. That he his running he actually really reminds me of like Chris Floyd, BJ Askew, you know some of the bigger sort of like they weren't really fullbacks but they weren't really running backs yeah. either. I guess yeah. uh, you know he really reminds me a lot of those guys uh, as far as his running style and just his just the way he looks when he runs the football. Uh, but yeah, you talk about. Corum was like one of the top two or three backs on Michigan's board that cycle, if not the number one. I mean, he was way, way up there from the beginning, especially because of his uh, 
the the different type of back that he was. Uh, he was highly ranked anyway, but they they liked what he brought to the table compared to what you know, like you look at they'd t- taken Charbonnet the cycle before. They loved his compliment there. That's why he was so much, he was higher on the board than maybe some guys that were a little bit higher ranked. Uh, and then Edwards was naturally number one uh, in 21 proximity, ability, pretty much everything. And then Dunlap himself was basically the way, the way it was explained to me, Michigan, when they got Dunlap, they thought they were getting one of the seven or eight best running backs in that class. So, and again, that's what they think. I like him. I don't know if I just said he's just one of the seven or eight best backs in the class, but from Michigan's standpoint, that's what they thought they were getting. Uh, so like from top to bottom, I think that just the, the pure talent is, is the strength here, which is another reason why I just think the ceiling is so high uh, for this group this season, because it is, it is not just, uh, it is, it's a group of guys that are, are strong. Like you said, strength being a strength, which is, is very legit, uh, but also just, productive again you know Corum quietly I mean we saw like Hassan Haskins had those like video game numbers on defense as a recruit he had like 28 sacks or something his senior year not running back stats but still a guy that was productive in high school Corum at I uh, at St. Francis Academy was putting up big numbers against some of the top pro- high school programs in the country and then we talked about Edwards and his big playoff run last year uh had like he, I think he had a state record in most yards in the championship game. So, you know, these are guys that are primed to produce at the college level. So, uh, I'm gonna cop out and say that talent is the strength again at the uh, the running back position. All right, you get one more use of talent as a strength. <laughs> the rest I have of the series, I have a feeling I don't know if I'll be using it again. I, I just a hunch, <laughs> but maybe we'll see though. Biggest weakness. That's a good one. Uh, we haven't seen the home run hitter yet. Could that be Edwards? Possibly. It feels like Corum has the speed to do it, but we didn't see it last year. So, and again, I don't necessarily think, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, a guy that can take it all the way, that's that's really valuable. I'm not sure it's like the most valuable thing. I mean, look at the guy who's coaching them. He was far from a home run hitter, but he was one of the most effective running backs, if not the most effective running back Michigan has ever had. But it would still be nice, you know, for Michigan to have somebody that can take it to the house from 75, 80 yards on any given play. Right. So, you know, because there is there is still value in that. Uh, But, yeah, we haven't seen that from anybody on the current roster. And, uh, you know, I do think Edwards could maybe be that guy, but and I still think Corum could be as well. But that's kind of one thing. If they're really lacking in something, I think it'd be it'd be that. I don't. I haven't seen ball security as a major issue. Um, maybe the vision. You know, there's always that talk about Haskins missing the big hole against Ohio State. I think there were a couple a couple scenarios last season. I think Corum maybe misread up front. Uh, yeah, you know, vision was cited this spring as something he needs to work on. Right. So so that could be another one. Um, but, but for me, I think home run hit ability is maybe the biggest question mark weakness, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 that's probably where I would have gone to. I don't have, I mean, this is a position group that I think is one of the best on, on Michigan's team and one of the better running back rooms in the big 10, actually, as weird as that sounds coming off last season, I, I, I've looked around and I really do think Michigan's up there. 
I think if I were to try to find another one and not use the word proof, which I said last episode, I wasn't going to use as a weakness. I think you could apply it to literally every position group, but I, I, I think that sometimes I'm very curious about the rotation, I guess. I think sometimes, and this will be my biggest question too, is you look around the country, which other than Alabama, the teams that run the ball best really don't have a rotation. They might have a second and third string guy who do well, but they don't, they're not giving equal carries to everybody. Alabama has pulled it off. I will give them credit. They do really well with that. And, but, but even Ohio state, it's, you know, master Teague, I, he's, he's got a lot of yards as a second string running back the past couple of years, but such a high percentage of them have come in the second half of blowouts, you know, and when, when they had Mike Weber and JK Dobbins, it was just JK Dobbins just took over Wisconsin. It feels like anybody feels like you and I could run for 50 yards behind Wisconsin's offensive line. But I think last year they actually struggled with a little bit of a rotation. I think they needed when they, when they run the ball best, they have a true dominant bell cow who takes, I don't know, six, 75, 80% of the carries. I think Penn state in recent years, when they, when they had one guy who could run for a thousand yards, it seemed like their offense was effective. Um, so I think, I think if, if I'm phrasing it as a weakness, I would say they don't have a, a bell cow, a known bell cow yet. And then if I were phrasing it as a question, I, I would, it would be what's the best rotation for this team. Cause I, I think all three need to play, need to get the ball, but is how does Michigan's, offense how does the rhythm flow how do you how do you make sure teams aren't predicting what you're doing based on who's on the field so I think that was something Michigan struggled with a little bit last season and a few other times in the Jim Harbaugh era is like oh such and such is in the game then it's probably going to be one of these like three or four plays or he's probably going to do one of these two or three things which if I were a linebacker that'd be awesome (laughs) you know oh this guy's in it must be a pass play Okay, now I know where, where I'm going and I know where he's going. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that would be my biggest weakness and question is, you know, the rotation always sounds nice in theory. You save carries. Everyone's happy. You know, teams are kind of put on their heels a little bit. I just don't know if it's been effective in games so far for Michigan and, and really around the country. Clemson didn't rotate running backs. I got to, I mean, they had five stars transferring out and they didn't, they didn't rotate running backs. Um, you know, Ohio state doesn't really rotate Wisconsin. I think ideally would like to not rotate. You look at, look at the other teams that run the ball really well. It's, it's, it's not that much of a, of a rotation. It's really more of a bell cow driven um, implementation. What's your biggest question for this running backs room? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you're only talking about three guys and <clears throat> kind of limit the scope, but mine, mine go, I'm going back to Edwards again. I just want to see how good Donovan Edwards is. I want it's Michigan. It's, it's been, it feels like it's been forever since they've had a true freshman make a maybe peppers, like make a big, like a legit 
big time impact. Uh, if I'm missing somebody, and I very well could be, correct me if I'm wrong. But well, okay, particularly so, on the particularly on the offensive side of the ball, I guess is where do Charbonnet and Evans fair? Charbonnet had have a really good freshman season. I, I guess I can't disagree there, and I was as high on him as anybody else was. Um, maybe even more though. Uh, you know, Charbonnet's production was in volume. I feel like his freshman year, which is there's a ton of value in that. He was great around the end zone because I think that's what he, his record was the freshman record for yeah, 11 touchdowns, right? Most touchdowns. I just, I kind of wonder if Edwards could be, could potentially be even better. Uh, you know, I don't know. I can't shake that playoff run. As I mentioned, I just think the guys like that, they, some guys like that, they start to ascend and they just don't really not ascend after that. They just keep kind of rising. And we're hearing both when you're hearing both assistant and head coach say that he's going to play week one. To me, that just it's clear they know they have something. Uh, and you talk about a guy emerging as the number one back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to discount Haskins because I think he's been way, way more valuable and better than people have given him credit for at the running back position. I don't know if he is a, you talk about some of the better teams in the country, if he's the style of back that's going to carry, that can be that bell cow type guy. Uh, you know, I, so I'm, I'm to be clear too. And I know maybe some of our readers are out are listening. Some of our subs I've always, I've been very high on Dunlap as well. I mean, there were, questions coming into the to the winter to the spring that some in, in Shen Beckler thought maybe Dunlap would be the guy that make the biggest impact right away I don't think that's going to be the case now uh you know it just it feels like Edwards has just kind of been climbing since the latter half of his senior season and that it's continued so I'm just kind of excited to see you know I guess September 5th at Western Michigan, I think Edwards would be at or near the top of the guys I'll be most excited, most interested to watch. Cause I, I just, you know, I think there's some real possibilities there. Yeah, actually in a similar vein, moving to predictions, which by the way, our predictions, uh, we're not putting any money down. So neither should you, <laughs> you know, it's, they're, they're meant to be fun. You know, just kind of, kind of taking a thought that we're working on, and maybe saying, because I think this, I softly predict this will happen. I'm really, I, I'm with you every time I like go and watch Edwards playoff games it's, or, or, or the, I guess his runs in the playoff games. It's like, I, I really just can't help but see the next like big time Big Ten running back. And there's been a few really good ones. I'm not saying he's going to necessarily get to that level, but it just, he's just kind of got that look. And I think he's got that ability to do everything. You know, I don't think he's, I don't think there's a run in the, in the playbook that he's not someone that could excel at that play. And so my bold prediction, and maybe it's a little too bold. So I may be walking it back. I think Donovan Edwards leads Michigan in rushing this year. I, I really do. I think, you know, even though I'm listing Blake Corum as one of the breakout players on the team, um, you know, even though I've, I've mentioned the Hassan Haskins and, and how, how valuable he is. I just, I can't, I can't 
get it out of my head that I think Edwards ends up leading this team in rushing and, and, and comes close or, or let's, I'll say this. I am not going to put a yardage prediction. I think he, he has a very strong season and is viewed among the top 10 to 15 running backs in the big 10 by the end of the year. And so I think he leads Michigan in rushing. Big prediction. I was going to say it's, it's about as Big bold as prediction. I get, to be honest, um, especially with freshmen. I really don't, don't really uh, set expectations for freshmen, but, but you know what, neither does Jim Harbaugh. And he was pretty unflinching about Donovan. Now, granted, this is someone that, that Michigan's watched for a long time. They've known who he is for a while. I mean, he played high school ball in Michigan, in West Bloomfield for a former Michigan football star. Who's now an assistant coach on the team. Yeah. I, I, I just, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. What's your bold prediction, Steve? I don't know if I can top the boldness of that one. Um, it's not really, I, I want to say, I think this will be, I think this ends up being the strongest position on the team, I guess. I know that maybe that might not be the most bold. That's not bold at all. I've already said that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, when, but, 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 but at the end of the, but at the end of the year, when Fair. has running back been the bold best, the most productive, maybe best position on the team, right? It's different to talk about it on paper. Like we, like we kind of are now, but to actually for it to come to fruition, you know, I don't think you could say it's been the best or most productive position on the team uh, for a while. Uh, I think that'll be the case this year. I think Michigan fans will be happy with the running back play. I think the combination of talent, well, of recruiting talent, having a good, a, a functioning offensive line, a good offensive line. And then I think bringing Mike Hart in also, uh, you know, I think it's. I think there's a, a nice little mix going there that I think can propel them and be in the top position group on the team. So yes, they are. The, I would argue. I think we both argued they may, they're the top position group on paper heading into the season. But I think they live up to it. I think they really are be will be that best group, best unit on the team. Yeah, actually, you, you bring up a good point. I you know, kind of running through the through the catalog. I'm trying to think the last time. It, it probably was the last time Mike Hart played for Michigan was the last time that it was really, you know, the strength of Michigan. Now in 2017, I thought they had a really good running backs room, but they just had a, they had a much better defense. You know, I thought that run run game in 2017 actually did quite well given how the offensive line was. I, I, so, you know, it was, it was up there, but yeah, the last time running backs was number one for Michigan. I mean, I, I, I have to assume one of the years Mike Hart played, it was, but then beyond that, I don't, I don't know. I don't, that's not, doesn't happen all the time and it hasn't happened under, under Jim Harbaugh just yet. So that's a good prediction. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Let us know what you think over at the Michigan insider.com Michigan dot 24 seven sports.com. I'm now a little worried. I'm going to have to be defending this bold pick all year, but uh, anyways, next, next episode uh, in the next couple of days will be wide receivers and tight ends for Steve Lorenz. I'm Zach Shaw. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.